0: Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David and accompanied by my friend Jordan.
1: This time we're going to discuss the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass and Mario Party Superstars. So let's start off with uh, Mario Superstars. Uh, have you been able to play through a bit of it, David?
0: Yeah, I've played a few rounds um, and watched some. Different streamers play it and uh I'm I'm honestly really impressed. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it
1: too. So originally I didn't actually want to get this game because it, it's just a I don't know if it's really a remix story correct term, kind of like a collection, a remaster.
0: <laughs> right, but the story is like also a sequel in some ways, at least from the opening cutscene. I don't know if you noticed that.
1: Yeah, so it's entirely it's entirely content from previous games, right? Uh-huh. Um, all old maps, all old games. But so it's kind of a remake in that sense. It's kind of a collection because it's not like a specific game being remade. And it's not just like the N64 games There's stuff from like some of the GameCube games too. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I wasn't expecting the GameCube stuff, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm a lot more nostalgic for the N64 stuff, but it's nice to have that GameCube stuff in there, mostly because I didn't play the GameCube Mario Party games. So um, I think that increases my enjoyment because I get a nice like jolt of um, nostalgia and then I get like a palate cleanser of some newer stuff that I have never really seen before. But that's obviously not going to be the case for everyone.
0: Right, right. And I mean, so that our listeners are aware, like Jordan and I both have played quite a few of the older Mario Party games. Like Mario Party 1 was the first Mario Party game I ever played. Um, I didn't own it myself, but. You know, it's really nice to see a lot of these boards and games come back. I played far more of the GameCube stuff because that's the console that we had and some of the games that we had. But like like Jordan was saying, this collection, it does feel really nice. Like being able to play these different boards, seeing all of the like remastered visuals when it comes to this older content that I remember fondly from being a child, as well as all of the mini games and stuff. It's honestly like really nice uh, being able to have this on the switch. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: And all the games feel really polished, too. That was another thing I was kind of concerned about. Uh, Because when it was first revealed, a lot of people put the game side by side to like the N64 ones. And it just kind of felt, I don't know, plasticky or something. Right, Almost like
0: like they just put like a coat of paint on it, but it was still in a different engine that didn't feel refined or something. Right.
1: Yeah. But that's not really how it plays. Maybe it's it just looks worse when it's compared side-by-side side to the originals. But obviously yeah. you're not comparing it side-by-side side when you're playing it, and it, it feels <laughs> pretty smooth when you're playing it.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, I really do like how the UI has been updated so that it has that Super Mario Party UI, which is honestly my favorite thing about Super Mario Party, was how like snappy the menus were. I really liked the font, how it just felt like a, a natural progression, rather than it being the kind of fun, playful kind of hard to follow different menu icons that all of the old games had. I really liked the plain text, that it was just simple and easy to read. And I thought it looked really great. And that's what they've incorporated into the menu designs in this game. And I I quite like it. You know, it feels like the natural um, evolution from Super Mario Party while having way more content and way more exciting boards than Super Mario Party.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a much better experience than Super Mario Party was. Mario Part Super Mario Party. I liked some of the additional modes it had, but it those weren't enough to like sell the game at sixty dollars, in my opinion. Oh, definitely not. Um,
0: Plus, we all thought there was going to be DLC for that game that just never happened. Yeah. Well,
1: that's because <laughs> the game felt so bare bones. Like it had yeah. such a small amount of content, and like it was nice with Super Mario Party where they returned to classic board styles, but the boards were so simple. Yeah, it it wasn't that great. Um, One thing I do wish that they carried over from Super Mario Party, though, was the character specific die rolls. Yeah, I did think that that was a huge. I I don't know. It it was definitely something that I really enjoyed just because it kind of created a sort of meta asymmetric style play to it all. Um, I would like it so that like. People don't get screwed over by (laughs) the best dice being taken by one specific person, though. So maybe like (laughs) quadruple the size of the roster so that there's at least four characters with each die type, right?
0: Right. I remember there being like sheets online that showed like which characters were way better on average than others so that you could optimize your gameplay for Super Mario Party, which is supposed to be like a random game with some strategy, but you know, not strategy where it would just put you at such a huge advantage to any other player just because you had a different dice block permanently. So. Yeah,
1: and I remember, if I remember right, it was like Bowser that was one of the best ones because it was just, he he could could get a 10 pretty common. I don't know. I always picked him, or was it Bowser or DK? I don't remember who it was, but um, on average, it should have worked fine, but I have terrible luck, so I was always rolling zeros. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think my average is way lower than like the average person.
0: Yeah, your Switch had different uh, <laughs> and entropy than yeah. other Switches. <laughs> <But> anyway. <laughs> calling all that RNG.
1: Um, so the maps the maps in Super Mario Party felt really basic. Uh, returning to N64 maps feels a lot more creative, honestly. And like, yeah, I've played through a lot of these on the N64, but it's been like 20 years or so <laughs> since I've touched them. So it's fine. Um, And it's a lot better than what we've gotten in recent Mario parties.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree (laughs) with with all of those points. Like, this is honestly a phenomenal Mario Party game. And if you need a party game to play with friends, whether online or not, like the game is great. It has a ton of content and is really fun.
1: (laughs) And like speaking of online i know that they added online to super mario party eventually but like i had dropped out of the game by the time they added it in having this be a full experience mario party basically sells it as the best mario party in my mind ever created um i have only played the game online so far and it's honestly one of the best performing online games Nintendo has made, in my opinion, I that might just be because Mario Party is kind of a slower moving game, so it, it doesn't have as much to keep track of, or it just, I don't know, it it's able to run better. But um, I've spent most of my time playing with my friends in Halifax and Calgary, which are quite <laughs> quite a ways from uh where I live, so, and it works fine. Like we've had no hiccups or anything, um, no disconnects, uh. Frame rate is smooth.
0: Well, that that's great. I mean, it must be really nice coming from uh, Super Smash Brothers, going into <laughs> Mario Party with much better. Oh yeah, um, Mario Party
1: is a much better online experience than Smash Brothers. So that's at least good. That's great. So, what would you uh, give a rating for Mario Party?
0: I mean, I haven't played it enough to like really give a hardcore review. You know, if I was going to be writing up some sort of review article, like. I'd need to spend a lot more time with the game. But just based on my experiences with how faithful it feels to all of the older games that I'd play, like I honestly would probably give it around a nine, even as just a preliminary general impressions. The game just feels awesome to play. The controls are super snappy. The visuals are like the standard Mario visuals, but they still faithfully recreated the boards so that they still have their charm. Um, All of the mechanics that I remember are still there. The mini games are still challenging, but also fun. And it's honestly a better Mario Party game than anything we've had since like the GameCube itself. Like, and I've played a lot of Mario Party in my day. (laughs) So yeah, probably about a nine or 10.
1: Yeah, I would say um, this is the kind of Mario Party I've been waiting for. It's most classic mario party that you can actually have yeah it's kind of just retreading a lot of old content but it's like good content that it's retreading and it's been a while since i've played through it Uh, i'd give it an eight i think an eight is pretty solid um it's just the fact that it has online is what really sells it for me i haven't played a lot of like the extra modes um i i just As soon as I got it, I just went straight into main mode to play against my Canadian friends (laughs) who I otherwise could never play Mario Party with. And it's been a good experience.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I I definitely want to give it more of a go, but I don't know. I don't have that many friends to play with, unlike you, Jordan. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I I guess that kind of wraps up our discussion on Mario Party Superstars. Uh, If you're at all interested in a party type game, this is definitely one you should check out. Um, So now we're going to switch our uh, topic over here to um, the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass. Now, that's a lot of words. (laughs) It's been shortened by the community to NSO Expansion or NSO Expansion Pass. What it basically is, is an additional amount of content on top of the Nintendo Switch Online. Of course, the Nintendo Switch Online is the money that you pay yearly or monthly, depending on the type of plan that you have that allows you to connect to the Internet. And as some bonuses, they let you have like the NES and SNES libraries, as well as Tetris 99 and Pac-Man 99 and a couple of other uh, freebies here and there. The expansion pass is like an additional amount of money. I think for the family plan, it was like 40 more dollars or something. I I don't know the actual prices off of the top of my head. but it includes a handful of new pieces of content <laughs> um, for that additional price. Um, the major ones <laughs> major being Nintendo 64 uh, virtual games, uh, a collection of those to play on your switch, as well as a uh, game library from Sega Genesis. And then we are getting DLC games or DLC content for some games where Animal Crossing is the first DLC that we were given access to. So by being part of the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass or paying for it, I guess, you get all of that content included. And uh, it's a lot. I don't know if all of it's worth the price, but uh, we will start by kind of breaking it down, talking about the Animal Crossing DLC.
1: So real quick, I think this is a really weird business model
0: uh, oh, yeah, to go by.
1: Point. The Animal Crossing DLC could have sold itself, honestly. Oh, It's one easily. of Nintendo's biggest selling games on the switch um i don't know why it's here (laughs) i don't know why they are stapling it on to the expansion pass honestly i think this might actually i don't know if it hurts or helps animal crossing dlc because Mm -hmm. while it'll get a lot of like the medium core and the hardcore gamers to have access to animal crossing so like a lot of people who probably wouldn't have gotten the animal crossing dlc are probably getting this because they were going to get the expansion pass anyway mm-hmm. i don't think animal crossing needed that help and i don't think animal crossing is going to drag a lot of the casuals into the expansion pass because the marketing of you need the nintendo switch online pass and then the expansion pass on top of that just kind of makes a big head scratcher for casuals who are going to have a difficult time navigating even to this dlc so like Why (laughs) not just sell it separately?
0: I mean, I don't have to buy the Animal Crossing DLC just because I have the Nintendo Switch online expansion. So in some ways that kind of worked out for me, but I'm honestly paying more in the long run, though I guess since I'm paying for the family plan, more of my family and a couple of friends that have hopped on get access to it. So that's kind of nice. You know, a whole bunch of us have access to it, but only within a a smaller additional cost rather than us all buying it but when it comes to individual personal plans yeah if animal crossing is like your jam maybe you should just buy the dlc and not bother with the expansion pass if especially if you don't care about the other pieces
1: so are you able to just buy the dlc on its own
0: yes you can you are
1: so i guess my point didn't mean anything then
0: Yeah. So to, to download it, you go to the eShop, you go to the Animal Crossing DLC page, and then if you have the expansion pass up at the top of the page, it will say included with Nintendo Switch online expansion and you click like download now. But there's also still the option to purchase it on the same page. Okay. So it's not like it's barring you from doing it. Um, you still okay. have to do it through the shop. So e-shop.
1: I, I just had misunderstood it then. I thought it was exclusive to the expansion pass, and it was like this weird. Oh yeah, no. Okay, so it's just additional value added to the expansion pass. Ah, uh, right. So that's better than I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's okay. I mean, if you were confused about it, being someone that actually watches Nintendo news and has paid attention to stuff like this, then I'm sure it's been confusing to a lot of other people as well. So, I don't. I honestly don't blame you. That's kind of on Nintendo there. But uh, talking about the Animal Crossing DLC, um, it launched the same day as the Animal Crossing New Horizons 2.0 version, which the 2.0 version added so many things that I can't even like really get into it on this podcast when we don't have the time to talk about it all. Um, But the major thing that the DLC added was basically happy home designer For the Nintendo Switch. Um, Happy Home Designer, for those of you that may not know, was a standalone Animal Crossing game that was released on the 3DS after Animal Crossing New Leaf was released. Multiple years after, actually. Um, Which basically gave you the job as a villager to go and design homes for other purposes. Like, whether it be other animal villagers or um, special characters or uh, other things like that. The DLC for Nintendo or for the Animal Crossing New Horizons, the most recent one, is I believe called um, Happy Home Paradise, where now you get to design whole mini islands and homes for individual animal villagers. Many of them you meet um, randomly, others you can invite through amiibo cards, if I recall correctly, and you basically get to create their dream paradise home or vacation home. They give you a task like um, the one that I ended up doing last night as my first one was um, uh, a a relaxing reading room. So I got to use a bunch of bookshelves, put down some comfy coaches or couches, some lamps and some like coffee and um, fans and stuff just to make like a really nice looking home. And of course, you don't have to spend any money on the furniture or whatever. And it's totally up to you to design it. And honestly, it's like really nice to just be able to design an Animal Crossing without having to worry about you know, cost of furniture or acquiring specific pieces of furniture. And it's very, very, very appealing for people that like the design portion of Animal Crossing rather than the day to day, grind out money, go fishing, collect fossils, etc., etc. And it fits so perfectly as a DLC that I really wish that happy home designer on the 3DS was given a bigger shot by being a DLC for new leaf. I think it would have done better. Um, but instead, we got the weird generation of Animal Crossing where they had like four different games that only one of them was really good to or a good value to get. And that was a new leaf. So anyway, I, I've been enjoying the DLC. I don't know if you've uh, had the chance to take a look at it at all. Jordan,
1: uh, I opened up Animal Crossing and I started talking to some villagers and I tuned out and turned it off. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just feel really burnt out on Animal Crossing right now.
0: Oh, for sure. And of course, there's the argument that all of the 2.0 content should have been part of like the main release of the game because Animal Crossing 1.0 felt like kind of empty in comparison to um, New Leaf. Like that there's a lot to talk about when it comes to all of that.
1: Well, it's just kind of Nintendo with a lot of their games, they release the game and then kind of finish it up later. It's a weird like early access sort of thing
0: yeah it's weird it worked well with like splatoon because it kept the game alive for a very long time um, until they stopped updating it with new modes and new weapons and stuff but it's kind of bizarre with animal crossing where the whole point of animal crossing is to have you play every single day for like maybe 20 minutes or more if you're really into the game but you know and have lots of things to do over the entire year but Some of the holiday events had to be patched in later as we got closer to them. And anyway, just just an interesting way of handling Animal Crossing. I think the complete package of Animal Crossing New Horizons, including this DLC, is a phenomenal value now. And there's lots to do. But if you played Animal Crossing throughout the pandemic last year, you are definitely probably burnt out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I played through a lot of Animal Crossing in its first month of release. Um, Same. And I'm just i don't know i it's really hard for me to pick up the game now
0: and kudos to all of those that have just reset their islands <laughs> for oh. this new update oh man
1: no. you,
0: <laughs> you guys are intense and i'm super happy for you for animal crossing getting well, such a big update and
1: the other thing is i've been playing animal crossing since the gamecube release and it's right. not like animal crossing games change that much from game no. to
0: game. so <laughs>
1: It's more of, I'm just kind of burnt out on the series as a whole, not, not throwing shade at the series. Like the series is great. I've always enjoyed playing. I've played every animal crossing at least a hundred hours. So yeah,
0: I think honestly that much of our discussion regarding animal crossing, including this DLC and even our past experiences with it are actually more suited for a whole episode of the podcast. So look forward to that in uh, the coming month or so. We'll, uh, we'll work on that for sure. Um, but yeah, Jordan, why don't you uh, introduce our next topic then, since we've talked about Animal Crossing.
1: Another thing that came with the expansion pass that I honestly forgot about <laughs> until <laughs> like right before this uh, podcast was uh, the Sega Genesis library coming out. So I actually haven't had a chance to play through any of these games yet. But looking through the library, I think it's solid. Um, I, I, I started so out too. with as a Sega Genesis fan. Um, my first console was the Genesis. However, most of the games that I played on the Genesis are i don't think will ever come out um on this like nba jam is my all-time favorite genesis game there's no way it's ever coming <laughs> we're, we're <not laughs> yeah gonna...
0: <laughs> i don't think many of those like sports games are going to be released in any yeah, of these collections
1: well, oh man nba jam is the best sports game ever made though because you get a karate chop uh people in the face to steal the ball and then turn it on fire and launch it from half court so yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome and like i just want to point out like the only experience i really have with the genesis are like the Sonic games, (laughs) Sonic 1, 2, and 3. And mostly 2 because I just remember going over to a friend's house while I was in elementary school, and we would play 2 together. And that was honestly the only time I have ever beaten (laughs) the second game, even though I had it on like the Wii, was with my friend ages ago. And I I still remember playing it. So that's the extent I have with the Genesis, basically. And
1: I'm a huge Sonic fan because... Sonic, I had Sonic on the Genesis, of course, like everyone who had a, a Genesis play yeah. through Sonic. Um, Sonic 2 is probably the one I have the most nostalgia for because that was also the one I started playing on. Uh, Sonic 1 I enjoy, but it is a deeply flawed game. So I'm not surprised <laughs> that they chose for Sonic 2 to be the game that they uh, released first before Sonic 1. Um, Sonic One's more of, just, I don't know. When people say they like classic Sonic, what they really mean is they like Sonic 2 and Sonic 3.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: (laughs) And then there are people who claim they like CD, but CD is actually kind of a mess too, which I'm kind of curious if we'll even get three or CD. Uh, Three's issue is we don't really ever see three make it into like a lot of collections or uh, re-releases. And the speculation is because um, there might be some copyright issues with Michael Jackson uh, Mm because allegedly he helped work with the soundtrack for that game, but he's not in the credits. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, have you never heard this?
0: No, I actually haven't.
1: (laughs) So, like, there are specific songs in Sonic 3 that have never been dug up by Sega again. Like, they're never in Sonic re-releases, they're never in, like, collections or masterpieces. Um, I think Ice Cap Zone is the big one, and the rumor is that Michael Jackson helped with the library or the music for Sonic 3, but he was really disappointed with how the um, the sound card sounded on the Genesis. So he didn't get the sound he wanted. So he asked to have his name removed from the credits, huh. but the copyright is still tied to him. So like Sega can't do anything with some of the songs of the game.
0: That's interesting. And now all of our listeners know about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's crazy. And I can totally see that being a reason why we won't get the game. Because Um, that's that's just how rights work (laughs) when it comes to media.
1: So, yeah, Uh, Sonic 3 being the best Sonic game, (laughs) I kind of (laughs) it's a bit disappointing that we probably won't get it. Um, Maybe we'll get Knuckles. I don't know if there's Michael Jackson music on that one. But um, uh, the other one I'm curious about is Sonic CD. Like, will we get sega cd games with this in the future or is that game also kind of locked away because it's technically kind of a different console
0: yeah it's a good question either way i am grateful to see sega games being put on i i know nintendo and sega have had like really interesting histories with each other like they were rivals and then they were friends and then they kind of didn't talk to each other really like imagining that they were just two people not gigantic companies <laughs> um but I, I think it's cool to see it here. I don't know if it's like a huge drawing point for most Nintendo fans to buy the NSO expansion, but it's here.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's the, the thing with Sega Genesis is that so many Sega Genesis games are put into so many collections so frequently. That it just doesn't really ever feel special when you have access to them.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the value of these games is very high. Even, And that's speaking as someone who like started gaming on Sega. So yeah, uh, it's it's neat. I wouldn't get the expansion for them, though. Just go pick up some collections that are like five dollars on a different system.
0: Plus, I think many of these games have even been ported to like Steam or something. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so that that's the Sega Genesis. It's fine. (laughs) um uh the next topic then is then the nintendo 64 virtual library whatever they call these things now it's not virtual console because they don't like that name anymore (laughs) but uh the nintendo 64 games is one of the most like requested features from nintendo over the last few years if uh you've been following nintendo spaces um with the inclusion of the classic NES and SNES games with the original NSO. People were just hoping that it was a matter of time for N64 or as we're still hoping for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. (laughs) But uh, the Nintendo 64 games is a decent library. Um, I'll list off the ones that it comes with currently. It has Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Mario Tennis, Super Mario 64, Dr. Mario 64, Yoshi's Story, Win Back Covert Operations, and Sin and Punishment. And then they've also confirmed for sure that uh, Majora's Mask, Banjo Kazooie, Paper Mario, Kirby 64, Pokemon Snap, F-Zero X, and Mario Golf are also all coming to the library. Jordan, what do you think about this collection?
1: So I think this is a really solid starting lineup, especially since uh, Banjo-Kazooie is going to be coming, which means Rareware content is on the table. Yeah, boy. As any Nintendo fan knows, Rareware was a major player on the N64.
0: Enormous. Um,
1: (laughs) Enormous, yeah. Like literally half the library feels like it's attributed to Rareware. Yeah, so, or at
0: least what we consider like first party library, like yeah. the cream of the crop of the N64.
1: <laughs> so they they came out pretty strong with these games. Um mm-hmm. starting like Zelda is always big, Mario. Uh it's interesting to see Mario 64 there especially since I guess this this is why they decided to make Mario All-Stars uh just one year or so. Yeah. And that was like the big like theory or whatever. So that it's unfortunate that By having Mario 64 here, that kind of, like, limits the accessibility to Sunshine and Galaxy in a way. But Yeah.
0: Though you can probably still find physical copies elsewhere. But, yeah, it's ripped from the eShop and they're not producing anymore. So I I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's also a stellar lineup. I mean, the biggest hitters here, which... I think like the top three games that most people remember from the N64 are Ocarina of Time, Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64. Based on the friends that I had back in elementary and middle school, even like those were the games that we always wanted to play on the N64.
1: I would say Star Fox 64 carries. Yeah, yeah, true, with true. It too. Um, right. Like that was the first game I as soon as I opened it up, I went straight to Star Fox 64. Like, honestly, I think it's the game that has the most replayability and has aged the best on the 64. Oh, for sure, for um, sure. Because a lot of N64 games, they've they've had some, they've had a few rough years, largely because they it was the first 3D console, right? I mean, technically yeah. the PlayStation was 3D to an extent. but to an like extent. <laughs> <laughs> but the N64 was the first, like, fully 3D, you have a joystick and you can go in any direction sort of thing. Mm-hmm so a lot of these they were really experimental the n64 controller has always been mocked for being really weird and that was largely because nintendo wasn't even sure if the analog stick would take off they expected the analog stick to be the secondary form of using the controller and that everyone would gravitate to the d-pad for the main games
0: right and that didn't happen in fact The only game that I know is really good (laughs) that uses the D-pad is Kirby 64.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Kirby 64. Everyone else just gravitated straight to the analog stick because it opened up so much. Like, it it was what defined the N64. The N64 was defined by uh, the analog stick and four-player ports. Yep. So it was the multiplayer game, or game console of choice, and had the best movement options, so.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I remember back when mcdonald's used to have all of the n64 consoles in like the play areas
1: oh man those controllers are so so bad (laughs) yeah
0: but i remember the very first time i played kirby 64 was at a mcdonald's and i picked up the controller to play it like i would mario 64 and i'm like why isn't kirby moving (laughs) because i was using the joystick it took me like a a solid minute to be like, oh, I actually have to put my hand on the other place. You don't just by default hold the controller with the joystick. (laughs) It it was it was interesting. So even like kids had been conditioned to hold the controller with just the joystick. That's how bizarre the controller is. But uh, (laughs) anyway, um, um, the first game that I booted up was Mario 64, and that's mostly just because I have the fondest memories of Mario 64 on the uh, N64. That was the game I'd play up at my grandparents' cabin all the time. That was all I wanted to play. And it's just fun to play it. It feels pretty good. Um, I mean, I'd rather play it on an N64 just because that's it's snappier and you don't see the jarring 20 hertz refresh rate of the screen as much when you're playing on an HD monitor.
1: Would you rather play it on this or on the Mario All-Stars, though?
0: Um, it looks better on Mario All-Stars because I think they unlocked the frame rate.
1: Yeah. So. Well, it also had HD textures, when I'm
0: True. Correct, you're, right. you're absolutely right about that. But I still wanted to give it a try just because I had played Mario All-Stars, you know, a few months ago, and I was like, what does it feel like to play the older one on the Switch? And that, that's why I gravitated to that one. After that, I hopped into Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time has some interesting... Uh, um, can uh, what's the word? Controversy around it um, with its emulation. Um, because I guess this is a good point to talk about emulation quality. Um, Ocarina of Time doesn't look that great on this collection. It really doesn't. It looks muddy. It doesn't hold true to its original vision. The big thing that people always point out online are the fog um, effects. The game is like, well known for how much fog it has because they went for it as an artistic choice to make the areas seem more mystified to kind of hide some of the further away from you details. And it almost looks like this emulator inside the switch reverses the effects. So in the areas where there's supposed to be fog, there's hardly any. And when there's supposed to be a lot of fog, there isn't, or vice versa, whatever I got lost in the word soup that I was spitting out there. So, um, on top of that, somebody showed off the room where you fight Dark Link for the first time, and it looks awful. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any of those comparisons. I, I've seen the
1: images. Yeah, like it it's loses so a lot of the just the, the the texture effects and all that.
0: Right, and that moment's supposed to be one of the biggest moments of the game. Like it's supposed to be cool. You walk forward. You're in this mysterious room that looks like it stretches on forever. You cross the island, and then boom, your shadow's gone, and you can't even see your shadow because the reflection doesn't work (laughs) on the simulator
1: yeah this makes me really worried for Majora's Mask because Majora's Mask went even heavier on the fog yeah Ocarina did
0: so much so that it is the most crash heavy and Nintendo 64 game I believe um I know that Maybe not so much on like one version 1.1 or whatever on the N64, but when they ported it to the GameCube in that classic Zelda collection that they did ages ago, that game would crash all the time and had so many weird bugs. And it always makes me afraid that... You know, if Ocarina of Time isn't doing so well on the Switch, then maybe the reason they're holding back on Majora's Mask is they have a lot more patching to do to even get it to work consistently. I don't know.
1: Yeah, probably. The other thing I'm not too happy about with Ocarina of Time is that they went with one of the later uh, releases of the game. Yeah. Uh, So it's missing the blood. It's uh, a lot of the music tracks are different. Some of the like symbols are changed, which the reason why those things were changed was because Nintendo was getting a bit of, I don't know, controversy at the time. But I, I really prefer the first version of Ocarina of Time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) for reference, when you defeat Ganondorf or Ganon at the end, Link like stabs him and it's like this green smoke kind of comes out of him or he like throws up green vomit. That was all red. It was clearly blood in the original version. (laughs) So it definitely changes the vibe.
1: And uh, there's more fantasy. The music in the fire temple is actual music in the original version, yeah, not just
0: weird drums with pitches. Apparently,
1: (laughs) I don't remember which like religion it was, but apparently the music was too similar to some sort of religious. Yeah, like chanting
0: or something, chanting.
1: And so that religion uh, wanted them to change it. And so they kind of changed it to their demands. And same thing with like the the symbolism, because they were using uh, Zelda has a history of using religious symbols. All throughout its game, like it has the star of David and the Christian cross. Yeah. Um, and I think they were in Ocarina of Time. They used the the Islam sun and moon mm-hmm. or just.
0: Or at like, least something that looked very similar to it. Or yeah. yeah.
1: And that apparently got them in a bit of hot water. So they took that out, too.
0: Yeah, that was the original Gerudo symbol, um, yeah. which has now been changed. And the Gerudo symbol that they changed it to has been the staple Gerudo symbol ever since, which. But yeah, beyond Ocarina of Time, um, oh, one other thing. <laughs> I don't want to move on from Ocarina of Time yet. I take that back. Um, Ocarina of Time is also the game that suffers the most from input lag out of like this entire collection. Um, it is noticeable, and I only spent like 20 minutes with the game. It's awful. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard or tried that.
1: So I played a bit of Ocarina of Time. Uh, so I played through Star Fox, and Star Fox felt fine, honestly.
0: Yeah, Um, Mario 64 felt fine.
1: But, man, (laughs) yeah, I I could feel it in uh, Ocarina. Uh, The other big issue I had is with Star Fox, like the the map, the button mappings worked fine, but the button mappings feel so weird in Ocarina and you can't really change them, right? No, you can't change
0: change anything. I mean, you, you can with like the system level mapping, but like they didn't map C right to any button anywhere. It's mapped to the direction on the stick. Or you have to hold down one of the triggers to then use like the D-pad. It's awful. And that button is one of the most used in Ocarina of Time because C left, right and down are where you assign your items.
1: Yeah. Um, It would have been nice now that I'm thinking about it. If they moved the R button to ZR and then just have R be one of the other uh, C button.
0: Right, because spots. that's what they did in the GameCube release of Ocarina of Time, where the down C stick was the Z button.
1: And I'm realizing this. I said mapping was fine in Star Fox. That's actually a lie. <laughs> mapping was actually kind of <laughs> obnoxious in Star Fox. Um, I just kind of adjusted to it after a few levels because you have to use Z and R to do barrel to do barrel rolls. Yeah, um, but Z is set to I believe Z L. And R is R. So they're at different like heights on the triggers.
0: <laughs> so you're either using your index finger and your middle finger, or you're, you've adjusted your index finger to be lower right. <laughs> on so one of them. They, they, they
1: can't, I don't know why we can't just have them be at the same height. Like Nintendo knows that the analog stick was used more than the D-pad, right? We can put the L button at ZL and have, I don't know. Yeah, ah. it, it's... <laughs>
0: Like, those are the worst things about it is the buttons are awful and the emulation quality for Ocarina of Time is awful with a huge amount of input lag. Everything else is kind of fine. I I don't see too many problems with it and most casual players won't notice it. But again, Jordan and I have been playing Ocarina of Time for years (laughs) in multiple ways. We know what it's supposed to feel like and act like. Uh, The other thing about Ocarina of Time, just real fast, is the control stick is too sensitive. Like they screwed that up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) aiming with the slingshot was kind of a pain.
0: Yeah, Um, you would like flick it just a teensy bit and it would move as if you pressed the whole thing all the way to the right. It was awful. I'm realizing
1: that this is kind of like an interesting set of games for me personally for um, nostalgia reasons. Because so like we got the Sega Genesis with the expansion pass, which was my first console. But uh, Ocarina of Time was the game, my first 3D game and was the game that made me switch from Sega to Nintendo fan. That's great. (laughs) For me personally, this is interesting to have both side by side as released. But anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway, it's a good lineup for now. I think it's it's great. They're good games. I just hope that Nintendo fixes some of the emulation quality, especially as they update it for some other big hits like, you know, Majora's Mask, Banjo and Paper Mario. Those are Awesome, incredible games. And if you haven't played them, this is probably a good way to play them if they make some of these changes. And I know that they came out on like Twitter or some press release saying that they were looking into it like they actually wanted and heard fans. So hopefully that does happen. Um, But yeah, um, Jordan, beyond this list of games, what are like the three most wanted games that you'd like to be added? So as
1: a rare fanboy, um, (laughs) I really want Banjo-Tooie. Yes. Mostly I love Banjo the Banjo-Kazooie series, but not only that, but I want to be able to play the multiplayer of Banjo online. Mhm. I think uh Banjo-Tooie has probably some of the best party mini-games out of the entire N64 library. Yeah. Um, I would really like to see Diddy Kong Racing because Oh yeah. Honestly, it's a it's better than Mario Kart in my opinion. Don't fight me. <laughs>
0: yeah, especially Mario Kart 64. Like it's way better. It has so story many ways. mode
1: and everything. Um it has more like vehicle modes, uh more mini-game kind of modes. It's just Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing was the the kart racer in my opinion on the N64.
0: Totally agree.
1: 100%. And then I want to also say Conker's Bad Fur Day because I also love Conker's and I think it would be hilarious if Nintendo put a rated M game. on <laughs> <Yeah>. the surface.
0: <laughs> That'd be so cool. They have like um, parental permissions. So if they just kind of access the system level permissions for the user or something, they could get away with it. But I think it'd be so yeah. cool.
1: And beyond that, I know it was supposed to be just three games, but I do want to say one more. One of the main identities of the n64 in my mind is that it was like the console that brought shooters to consoles right yep absolutely so i would like to get some sort of shooter either like 007 perfect dark doom uh quake turok Mm. like it had a lot
0: (laughs) yeah any of them would be awesome (laughs) and i haven't played very many of them except for like 007 but that one's probably not going to make it out of all of them
1: So. well interesting about that is uh Germany recently unbanned 07 and they said the really? reason why is because some third party uh, requested it for it to be unbanned.
0: Huh. Well that's so
1: interesting. Whether that's Nintendo or Microsoft, we don't know. Um, I have a I don't I don't I don't think Nintendo would go and try to unban a game just for like the Nintendo Switch online service though. <laughs> So what that tells to me is that we're probably getting a 007 remake eventually from Microsoft. That'd be cool. And it might come to Switch. It'd because be cool. like the copyright of that game is a complete mess where you have yep. to have MGM, Rareware, Microsoft and Nintendo all on board.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's a nightmare. But I think it'd be really cool for sure. It's a it's a cool game. As for myself, Jordan, you know that my favorite game of all time is Wheel of Fortune for the Nintendo 64. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a Jeopardy. No, (laughs) Um, no, the the games that I'd really like to come for sure, like I agree with all of your picks. Like those are fantastic games. Banjo-Tooie is absolutely at the top of my list. I love Banjo so much. I love those types of games, but I'd also like to see maybe Pokemon Puzzle League show up. Um, I have a lot of fond memories playing that. I know we have similar games. Um, But just the fact that it was based around the Pokemon anime from the Kanto region was just kind of fun. And it was a it's a great puzzle game. If you're interested, go watch like speed runs of this game. It's insane.
1: (laughs) I loved Puzzle League as a kid. Um, I never ended up having it, but I played it at a bunch of friends and it's actually a really solid puzzle game.
0: And it's funny, like <laughs> some of the voice clips that they put in, they got the actual voice actors for the English dub of the anime to say new things and do new cutscenes, and it's really fun. Um, on top of that, I'd love to see like Star Wars Rogue Squadron. I have a lot of fond memories of playing that game. Um, it's hard and pretty janky, but it's really fun. Um, but I doubt that that one <laughs> will make it because um, it's a Star Wars property. And I would also really love to see Wave Race 64. I think Wave Race 64 is just a really fun, beautiful, yet challenging racing game that Nintendo made a long time ago, and I've loved it ever since the N64. I can still hear the words of the title screen in my head.
1: <laughs> but I think Wave Race 64 and also 1080 uh, snowboarding are kind of yeah. I think I think both of those games will probably make it. They were pretty big for the N64 at the time. Yeah. And they're all and they're both first party. So like they don't have these giant copyright issues like a lot of the rare rareware games do.
0: For sure. So
1: um Yeah. So like we have all these games that we want that were on the N64, but the expansion pass was kind of expensive i kind of wish that they did something like special or new or interesting with this mm-hmm. game or with this selection because like I'm
0: picking up what you're putting down
1: yeah like with this <laughs> snes one they they re- released Star Fox 2 which that was never huge. got released right <laughs> yeah so why not have them do something similar with this like to go back and find like a canceled game, maybe a game that was pretty close to done, or even just add content to something. Like they could have done a bit more work for this to justify that forty dollar increase in price, right?
0: <laughs> right. I totally agree with you there. There were a lot of N64 projects, especially near the end of its life, that just kind of got either canceled or shelved or evolved into something else eventually.
1: Well, part of that is that there was a disk drive to the N sixty four that got yep. canceled and there was a lot of games that are planned for it and just got canned because they weren't quite able to get them to work on the base system.
0: Yep. Because there just wasn't enough space on the cartridges to accomplish what they wanted. So, Yeah. The 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 Nintendo 64 DD or disk drive, it actually did release in Japan. It had a couple of things. The most notable one that was released was Animal Crossing, um or whatever they called it back then. Animal <laughs> um, Forest, yeah. yeah like Animal they forest. could
1: release Animal Forest for uh, Western audiences and just translate it, right? That would be, I'd be
0: so be happy with that. Ugh, that would be so cool. Uh, I know we have Animal Crossing already, but there's just such a charm to the old Animal Crossing, too. So that would absolutely be a good
1: one. Or another game to translate like the Custom Robo series. Uh, yeah. The Custom Robo games are being released for Japan right now. Uh, yeah. So I kind of <laughs> wish Custom Robo got a bit of love and Got the sin and punishment treatment where they translate it and try and sell it off of that like, hey, here's a few games that you didn't have access to on the N64.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And another one that would be awesome is Mother 3. (laughs) Like I know Mother 3 released on the Game Boy Advance, but it was originally planned and basically done on the N64. We have a lot of ancient old footage of even end game areas you know, stuff that they probably would have worked on last rendered in the N64 engine, just really old content.
1: They could have followed the GBA to like fill in any spots to just like figure it out. Like that would be a big project, but I think it would have definitely paid it off. Could you imagine if when they announced expansion pass, they said, here's the N64 also mother three, not the GBA (laughs) version, but the N64 version that no one has played. (laughs) Oh,
0: that'd be so cool. Uh,
1: I would love <laughs> they, they would sell so many expansion packs
0: <laughs> like if you're new to the nintendo scene listening to this podcast and you don't understand the mother three stuff that we're talking about mother three has been a meme for years and years and years because everybody loved earthbound in the u.s well it, it's a pretty much a cult classic so when i say everybody i mean everyone that played it um and A lot of people want its sequel, Mother 3, which is the game that Lucas, you know, from Smash Brothers uh, originated from, and it was never translated officially by Nintendo to come out in America. And so we all want it. I mean, it looks so good. And so it was originally for the N64, so this would just be a perfect opportunity to do it. I mean, heck, people have been begging Reggie, who is no longer president of Nintendo, to give us Mother 3. And it just still hasn't happened. This would have been perfect. I agree.
1: Yeah, Mother Three, that would have just turned uh, the N sixty four stuff on, for the expansion pass to legendary mode. Like, yep, it w- the expansion pass on uh, the expansion pass video on Nintendo's YouTube would not be the most disliked video.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: on <cover the> page, <laughs> if it had Mother Three, but. Like that—that's a pie in the sky. Like there was, there was no possible way that's going to happen. It would just be kind of just fanboy dreaming. Um, one mm-hmm. that could have probably be do- been done though was the original Dinosaur Planet without mm-hmm. Star Fox in there because yeah. the game actually got leaked a while uh, this year. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty much done, <laughs> and it's it's out on the internet. There um, you go. But it would have been nice to get, like, Rareware and Nintendo to officially, like, kind of release it.
0: Right, and that would have been a perfect follow-up to Star Fox 2, <laughs> like we got on the SNES. So, it would have been great. I uh, would have loved to see that.
1: I kind of wish that we got something interesting. There was also Zelda, Zelda Guidance stuff, uh, extra content for Zelda, yep. uh, such as, like, a dungeon Yep, The
0: unicorn fountain dungeon, which would have been cool. Um, The beam attack being added like they just had a whole bunch of extra content planned for Ocarina of Time and a whole nother game like it would have been two things for the disk drive. And then when the disk drive didn't do well and they canceled uh, all of that stuff. You know, a lot of the things from Aura Zelda and Zelda Gaiden just evolved into Majora's Mask. So, But I'm sure they've got some cool stuff hanging around, but that would have been such a cool thing to see if Ocarina of Time on the NSO just had all the Aura Zelda stuff that they were working on just also baked in.
1: Even if sit. like it wasn't completely polished or anything, if they yeah. just like had like sec- a, a separate section where like, hey, this is kind of like just for the diehard Nintendo fans who have been kind of speculating on stuff that we had working on the N64 for years, years. Right. (laughs) Um, Just kind of like a cool, like something to throw in, just something to kind of increase because I don't think the expansion pass is worth it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree at this current point in time. It's not really worth it. Unless you are a diehard fan, you are going to play through every single one of these N64 and, Genesis games, you did not buy the Animal Crossing DLC and you're gonna play that for a billion hours. It's not worth it as it stands. I agree with that.
1: And like honestly, the reason why Nintendo did this was because they were probably thinking, oh, we've released like what, hundred games from the NES or SNES library. This is kind of like devaluing our brand of games, sort of like how I was talking earlier about how like Sega has devalued their games with a ton yeah. of releases. Mm-hmm. So we we, we got to protect our IP a bit. So we're, we're going to put another paywall for the N64 stuff. Honestly, Nintendo really just needs to just step away from the NSO and just make sort of like a, a Netflix sort of style virtual console thing.
0: Yeah, even if they're like rotating in and out games, if we knew that like you know, some more staples like, you know, the Netflix originals. Those shows are always on Netflix. But then some of the other games come in and out, you know, every couple of months, stuff like that, like it would work perfectly. Nintendo has like the biggest library of retro games in the world, and they just never let us have access to them.
1: (laughs) And something like that kind of that kind of service is Honestly, the only way I think we'll ever get something like a GameCube library or Wii yep. e-library yep. in the future.
0: I agree with and, that for sure.
1: Ah, they, they they even could probably charge like, they, they could probably get more money from it, honestly. Like they could get away with like $15 to $20 a month, honestly. Yeah. As much as, as Nintendo fans would probably complain, um, we all know that people would pay for it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people would pay for it. I'd pay for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, And oh man, the NSO, I've always just, I've never really liked the NSO as a service. (laughs) Um, It's always been such a bad experience. Nintendo put no effort in their online service for the Switch and this expansion pass. None of it is like improving the service of the of the Nintendo Switch online service. It's just random stuff stapled on behind a paywall that you also have to buy for Internet.
0: Yep, I agree with that. It's what they've decided to do. And if you want the Internet, you got to at least pay for the base bit. We can only hope that in the future, (laughs) uh, we'll get more and that things will improve. As it stands, if you're really interested, get it. If not, it's not really worth it, at least as it stands. Our opinion might change on this in the future, so we'll be sure to talk about that another time as well. Any final thoughts before we wrap up here, Jordan? No, I'm good. All right. Well, there we have it, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Nintendo Fusion. Just want to remind you that our podcast is live pretty much everywhere. So please leave us a review on your uh, podcast app of choice. It'll help other folks find us so that we can get um, the show out there. You can find all of the platforms we're available on at anchor.fm/slash Nintendo We've also made a Discord server. So if you want to chat with us about games and maybe talk about them a little bit with us, uh, head on over to nintenfusion.com Discord. That'll take you right to an invite for our server. And with all of that said, thank you so much again for listening and uh, we'll catch you again on the next one. Thanks. Bye. Bye.